poetry friends how are you doing my name is olivia mulligan and i am here to share some poetry with you how's your week been did anybody run the london marathon if you did you're my absolute hero it's my dream to one day run the london marathon i watch it every single year on the tv and I just think, oh, what uh, an experience that must be. The the crowds, the support that people receive. And obviously it's so iconic, isn't it? And I think, I think it's a must in life, to be honest. And yeah, I would one day love to experience that as well. If you did, huge congratulations. It's a real, I think a real feat to complete a marathon. Um, I'm saying that like I've done one. I've never done one, but I would love to one day. For those that know me personally, or maybe you've just been following my journey for a while, you might know that I am a runner. I would identify as a runner. I love running. Um, it's one of my one, two, three passions, I would say. We've got poetry, running, and yoga. Or oh, four passions. There's Reggie. Oh, and James, five. Um, oh, <laughs> stop there. Too many passions. Um, also, um, you might note that I... I said Reggie before James. Um, please don't um, analyse that too much. Anyway, back to the London Marathon, back to running. Um, perhaps you are a runner yourself listening. I just think it is such a freeing sport. Um, for me personally, I feel so free when, I, when I'm out there running. And I use it as something either to kind of work out a problem solve a problem I can use running to really think or I can use running to not think at all and I think that makes it really special of course there's the obvious the kind of high endorphin rush that you can get afterwards Um, but yeah it's something about feeling really connected and also for me feeling really creative I've written some of my personally favorite poems when I've been out moving running um the thing is I don't have a pen and paper to write them down so I just have to keep repeating the lines over and over in my head like a crazy person um but yeah I really think that running um inspires me and I think it's to do with the being in the outdoors and also the extra blood flow and and movement and yeah magic so today you may have guessed that it is going to be a running themed podcast episode inspired by the London Marathon, inspired by all the runners out there. Uh, the poems today are going to be running themed, running based. Um, so hope you enjoy wherever you're listening. Perhaps you're on a run right now. That would be cool. Um, or if you're not, maybe you'll pause the podcast here Go for a run later and listen to it then. Or maybe you'll just listen to it on the sofa or whilst you're cleaning the bathroom. That's fine too. The first poem I will share with you today is from my first book, Poems on the Gatepost. And it's called Couch to 5K. And if you remember or maybe you've got the, a copy of the book, Poems on the Gatepost... It was the book I wrote in lockdown and each day for 70 days whilst I was shielding, I wrote a poem. 
and I would pin each daily poem on the gatepost at the end of the drive for passers-by to read on their daily walk. And I left out my phone number for people to text in suggestions for the next day's poem. And anyway, this was one of the suggestions from a chap called Charlie. And he asked me to write a poem about the couch to 5k. Because in lockdown, that's what he was doing. So here we go. Couch to 5k. My eyes work out to television. My spine sinks to slouch. Here I'm doing what I do best, sitting on the couch. I understand the pillow politics. I understand the law of the settee. I understand the chair life and the chair life understands me. My friends, they don't understand me. One of them had the nerve to say, Why don't you get off the sofa and try the couch to 5k? Well, the bum cheek cheek of it to give up my sofa routine. I assume that's what they're suggesting, though I don't quite know what they mean. Do they think I'm strapped for cash, that I need more money in my hands? I really don't want to sell my sofa, and it's definitely not worth five grand. But by 5k, they meant distance, and by distance, they meant jogging. Apparently, I sit down too much, and my lungs, they need unclogging. I clarified I could keep the couch. Then I hopped on the fitness bus. The guideline suggested comfy trainers, but I didn't really see the fuss. Lesson one, don't mess with the guidelines. My crocs did not suffice. My settee cradled my blistered feet, shins caressed with packs of ice. I learned many lessons the hard way. I learned some men need sports bras too. I learned that jogging speeds up your digestion. I learnt the hedge will become your loo. I like to head nod to the other joggers. I like to sprint the last 50 metres. I like running when it stops, because my sofa feels even sweeter. So, um, yeah, the couch to 5k, I don't know, has anyone done it? Um, I know a lot of people that have, and I've only heard good things. It's It's aimed more at beginner runners, it's something... I mean, like the title says, to kind of go from sedentary into running your first 5k. And yeah, I've actually I felt like a bit of a beginner myself um, the last few months. I know I said I identify as a runner, but for about two years, I had time off due to ill health. This kind of coincided with um, the pandemic, etc. And um, yeah, not being very well at all. Thank Thank goodness health is better. I'm now allowed to run again. And so, yeah, I kind of felt like I was starting from nothing. You know, I was in my better days, you could say, able to run round a 5k in sub 20. I got about 19 minutes. And for a half marathon, um, my best time was 127. And um, the thought of doing anything like that now, I'm like, no way, no way. Um, I will happily trot along and have a natter. And if there's a cafe stop at the end, then yeah, that's a bonus. Now, this next poem that I'm going to read today is from my second book, Advice from a Stranger. And in this book, I asked 70 strangers to give me a piece of life advice. 
and then whatever life advice they gave me that was the inspiration for the next poem and for this one I was on a little jog myself and was I maybe I wasn't actually no I wasn't because I wasn't running at this point I was on a walk myself and I bumped into another runner um I guess he wouldn't have known I was a runner then would he so I just have runner plastered on my forehead when I'm not running um anywho bumped into a chap who was on a run and I guess I stopped him mid run we were kind of crossing at those kissing gates he had to stop to go through the gate and I thought ah runner he'll be friendly because from my experience all runners have been friendly and I thought I'll ask him um, for a piece of life advice I'll just say I hope you don't mind me stopping you I'm writing a book and I need some life advice from people um anyway I think he did mind he out of all the people I asked the 70 people he was the least enthusiastic um and yeah really quite grumpy (laughs) um maybe that's my fault for stopping him mid-run but anyway his advice was don't run too fast on a Saturday morning now usually as well in the book I always ask people their names and say they can then be mentioned in the book he was so cranky I didn't even get round to asking his name so um in the book I've just put life advice from a tired runner he didn't seem too chirpy, so I didn't go as far as asking his name. He looked like a Daniel. So, um, inspired by Daniel's advice, um, we have this poem here called Running is All That I Know. A coach once told me that I was good. A coach once told me that I should push myself to see my true potential. A coach once told me to eat more rice. A coach once told me to bathe in ice. A coach once told me to try a little harder. A coach once told me I could make the trials. A coach once told me to run more miles and get used to feeling uncomfortable. A coach once told me to embrace the pain. A coach once told me to do the lap again. A coach once told me to stop crying. A coach once told me, no more wine. A coach once told me to watch the waistline. And no, that's not a film. A friend once told me that I was good. A friend once told me that I should do the right thing and take a day off. So yeah, I am not picturing uh, that coach in the best light there. Um... Funnily enough, I'm actually doing my coaching course for running um, and athletics and my assessment is in June. So I've kind of been working away at that as well. And I mean, I've had some brilliant experiences with coaches in the past. Um, I've also heard some absolute horror stories and that's what inspired that poem there. Um, so hopefully when I'm qualified I'll be the sort of coach that is also like a friend and encouraging rest days and encouraging self-care it's not all go 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 more miles um, more miles because um, yeah positive results I think work from really respecting your body pushing when you need to push 
but really factor in in the rest as well. So in the book, Advice from a Stranger, the youngest stranger was six years old, Lucas. And this is so cute, his advice. So this is the advice from a six-year-old. Work hard. I mean, um, yeah, just so cute. And anyway, Lucas, um, I doubt you're listening, but if you are, this poem is for you. And it is 10 words that rhyme with run. Training done, hair in bun, start line gun, race begun, pain is fun. Go on, son, go on, hun, feel the sun or rain, and I'm done, didn't win, but feel I've won. So this next poem is from my third book, 1037, and I've just picked it up to read with you now, and oh, something really awkward has happened, so... I did my first gig since coming back from India last week and I take my three books to read from. I actually know most of the poems off by heart but I have them there just in case. Um, And they're really scratty, they've kind of, they've been used a lot because I've been reading from them so much and some even have little post-it notes and little, yeah, scribbles here and there. And I also then had a big batch of fresh copies of 1037 to sell after the event and I've just picked up now from my pile a fresh copy so I think someone's accidentally bought my dirty fingerprint copy oh no and also I think that was a very first edition and there's a blooming typo in there because we had like five or six printed first just for me to double check before we you know, got did a the publisher did a reprint for the ones to sell, and it had thinner paper. They made a mistake, so I think someone's bought the scratty thin paper copy. Shame. Anywho, from this brand spanking new book, ten thirty seven, um, which is a collection of poems where every day for seventy days in secret, I recorded what I heard at ten thirty seven in the morning. And then the snippets of the world um, each day at 10.37 are the titles of each poem. Now, most of them in the book, um, it's speech. It's what I've heard either someone else saying or at least I'm listening to the radio. But this poem I'm going to read with you now on this particular day, what I heard at 10.37 was footsteps on a woodland floor. And it inspired this poem about running and what running can mean and it's written in the form of a sonnet so hope you enjoy footsteps on a woodland floor step by step we begin to disconnect phone switched off and the out of office on stride by stride we begin to reconnect footsteps and our breathing become our song We speak to forest trees as if they know The twists and turns that shuffle through our minds The mountains whisper, edging us to go To run, to climb, to search for and to find To find out what our soul already knew Running freely, to live without regret Like dark clouds shifting, soon we see the blue We run to disconnect, 
to reconnect. We're aiming to be aimless as we roam. We run to feel escape and find our home. So, yeah, like that last line in the poem, feeling at home. For me, when I run, I feel completely at home. I identify as being a runner. In particular, I had a real strong feeling of identifying of being a runner a few years ago in particular. And whenever I'd get an injury or if illness would strike, it was just so hard mentally to not be able to do the thing that you love and, you know, the thing that makes you feel the most like you. And like I said, uh, a couple of years ago when I had two years off running, um, particularly in those first few months, it was just so difficult to, to cope. And me now even speaking about that, it feels quite trivial in the past sense because, I mean, you know, goodness, life can go on. You don't need to run to be able to live. But when you're wrapped up in that notion of, I am a runner, it is what I do. And when you can't do that, um, it was really, really tough. I found now other ways to cope and other ways to feel like myself and know that I am myself without running. And so now for me, running is a lovely addition to my life. I'm not so addicted to it that I need to do it in order to function which honestly, that's how it felt. That's, you know, it it really became a bit of a problem because when that's taken away from you, then how do you cope? Anyway, this next poem here, on that very subject, written whilst I wasn't able to run, um, I'm going to share with you now. This one is called Identity. Identity is meant to be your blood. Identity is meant to be your soul. Identity, the remedy that should genetically, mentally control. But destiny, the chemistry, the choir, the ecstasy, the melody of you. Regrettably, my weaponry backfired. Now jealousy, now self-pity, I'm blue. My identity was meant to be I run, but medically the remedy is rest. Currently my identity has gone. My identity now cannot be expressed. But identity isn't meant to be a sport. Identity not meant to be a goal. Infectiously, impressively, I fought, but today I fight and write to find my soul. Okay, I went a little bit off piste there. That poem was actually published by one of my favourite running publications called Like the Wind. I highly recommend if you're a runner, you check them out. Um, They 
do absolutely beautiful I think they're called bookazines like they're not quite a magazine they're not quite a book <laughs> um and yeah they're really amazing filled with beautiful artwork and photography and um short stories true life stories poetry etc um yeah shout out to like the wind so back to the book 1037 and the next poem here is called Team GB. Alexa, how do I become an Olympian? I want to be the best of the best. How do I represent my country? How do I wear that GB vest? I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. I want to be at Tokyo 2021. Olympic trials for Tokyo. That date has been and gone. Okay, what about 2024? How do I start to train? Train times from 2024. Alexa, you've missed the point again. I'm sorry, how can I help you? Tell me what sport I should choose. Here are the top 10 UK sports. Drinking tea, waiting in queues. Alexa, stop. I want to be an Olympian. I want to wear that GB vest. Temperature today is 21 degrees. A light cotton would be best. Alexa, I give up. It's as if you're taking the mick. This is why you're not an Olympian. It seems you give up too quick. Excuse me, I beg your pardon. I've not given up on that vest. As a friend, I think you should stick to what you know best. Um, my talents are rather useless, but my voice is pretty loud. I'll be the Olympics' best supporter, cheering them on from the crowds. I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that. Your voice is too quiet to hear. That's it, Alexa, I'm switching you off. Time for you to disappear. Playing Disappear by Beyonce. Actually, that's quite a good song. Perhaps singing in the kitchen is what I do best. The Olympics sing along. It's the Olympic kitchen dance, the race from fridge to oven door. Secretly plotting my Olympic debut at Paris 2024. I mean, can you imagine wearing a GB vest, being in that top 0.0000% crazy? James has got a pair of GB swimming shorts, which is ever so embarrassing when we go away on holiday. He can't even swim. Right, before I sign off with the final poem of the week, um, just a little thank you to everyone for listening and supporting. Um, the biggest support is to yeah anyone who has bought a copy of my any of the books. Um, there's Poems on the Gatepost, Advice from a Stranger and 1037, which are available worldwide to buy um thank you anyone who has bought those books um if you'd like to follow me on social media my facebook is olivia mulligan poetry and my instagram is live mulligan poet okay last poem for today it's from the third book 1037 and the title is i need to stretch my calves Mile one has been and gone. 
that was easy peasy. Two, three, four, give me more. I'm still feeling pretty breezy. Five and six, I get my fix, but run a bit too fast. Seven, eight, nine, in record time. Now I don't think I'll last. Calf starts snagging at mile ten. I'm burping last night's curry. My watch tells me to pick up the pace, but my legs don't want to hurry. Mile fifteen, things go downhill. Ironically, we start to climb. Just one foot in front of the other. Don't worry about the time. Mile 18 is never ending. Things then rapidly decline. I genuinely think I'm going backwards. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. But who invented chafing? Who invented running at all? Just ten more little miles to go. Am I allowed to crawl? Mile 23 I start to see. The end is almost in sight. Out of nowhere, a second wind, a dig-deep, long-run fight. Well, that didn't last long. We're back to the stiff-leg shuffle. The sweat has drenched my headphones and my podcast is a muffle. Mile 28, I miss the gate. I just love getting lost. Quads are rocks, blood in socks, blistered toes are squashed. Mile 29 is suspiciously fine. Just one more mile to go. I feel like I've never run so hard, but I've never run so slow. The final mile brings a smile, a concoction of pride and pain. I don't think I'm cut out for long runs, but I know I'll do it again.